Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. that went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like slow to speak, quick to listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So we're super excited to talk to you about this today. And honestly, it's going to be an amazing, amazing episode that we hope leaves you really, really thinking. Right. And absolutely. This is to challenge you and to also inspire you and give you hope. And so what we're going to be talking about is the number one thing that's holding people back from saving their marriage. Like, what is that? What's that number one thing? Yeah. So the reason we wanted to talk to you about this is to really provide clarity but mostly inspire people. And our goal with this episode is to give you hope, but also to challenge you to become more so that you can have more, ultimately in all areas of your life. Yeah, right. we, we are extremely passionate that life and marriage is not like just, oh, I just have to survive. I just have to do another day. You know, it's not, life isn't supposed to just be getting by and surviving. Like it doesn't have to be like, just suck it up and, you know, just settle and, be this average type life or just hell on earth. Like that's what we had been in for so long. Like it doesn't have to be like that. God didn't just put us here to survive. You know, he's not just a get by God. He's a God of abundance and he wants us to live abundantly in all areas of life. Yeah. However, so many couples and standing spouses, people that are standing for their marriage when their spouse doesn't want to work on things and they feel like they're done a lot of people are at the end of, their, end of their ropes. And even, not everyone, but a lot of people. A lot. Are very suicidal. And, you know, I was. I mean, you know, I had, uh, not many people know this, but I had a gun in my chin 20 plus times, knocked my wrist, I thought about running into, you know, walls with the car and and pills and all that fun jazz. And it's, it's because you end up hopeless and drained and you're just tired of being tired and you're, see no point in existing. And so there people, a lot of people, when they go through relationship trauma, like they get to that point. Yeah. It's just like, maybe I would be better, you know, everyone would just be better without me. 
and it would be a burden lifted off is was what we hear a lot and you know that's not that's not the truth by any means like you're here for a purpose like everyone here has a purpose and your purpose is not your spouse and i think a lot of people get hung up on that yeah i hear people all the time saying you know, i can't live without them you know uh, i don't know who i am without them and that might be very true Right. Like I, at one point I thought that I was, and we're not, we're not promoting being without your spouse, by the way, but obviously uh, we're marriage coaches. But that being said, like we had an issue like with being completely wrapped up into each other and our identities and putting each other on a pedestal, put our relationship on a pedestal, put love, what we thought love was on a pedestal, like all these different things. And what happens is, is when you put your identity into your spouse, well, a lot of things happen that are negative, but one of them is that, you don't know what it would be like without them. Like, and you can't even imagine that it's like losing a body part. Yeah. And it comes that fear of like, I need them. And just for for full clarity, it, biblically, actually, it says that we'd be better off if we weren't married, but that's not a life like we are like, and to live a life of that solitude and just like living for God. However, we don't have, most people don't have that ability to stay you know, where they're not sexually sinning and doing all of those other things. So then it says like, that's why, you know, he gives us marriage and that bond with your spouse, you know? And so we, while, while we're in this place, like, yes, it's great to do life together, but it's not at a place like I need you to survive and live. Yeah. You shouldn't red flags there. Yeah. Like we, we used to be that way. But now we don't, we don't need each other. We want each other. Like, I don't need her. She doesn't need me. I, if if she were to do something stupid and we have these agreements and expectations in place, like I would just leave tomorrow. I'd be fine. Would it suck? Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. Would I be hurt? Yes. Doesn't mean I wouldn't hurt, but would I be fine? Yeah, perfectly fine. Yeah. Move on. It's at that place where like we don't need each other to fulfill our purpose in life. We know who we are at our core and we also know that we do have purpose here and we are living that out and we just have the benefit and the privilege that we're doing that together based on our choices. Yes. And here's the thing, like listen, like for those of you that are thinking that that you're not, you're not worth it or you're not significant enough or, you know, whatever has shaped your lens in life. Like, I just want you to listen, like God knew what he was doing when he created each and every one of you. He expertly and intricately detailed every aspect of your life, your being, your persona, your psyche, your physicality, everything about you from the color of your hair, literally to the color of your eyes, to the way that you laugh, to your fingerprint on your thumb. Like, we want you to know that, that you can thrive. Like literally in your marriage, your family, all your relationships and with God and with your purpose. A hundred percent. So, so important. Like you, like you are important and you have purpose and you have passion and there's so many things that you are here for, you know? So what we're going to be talking about today is like the number one thing that's holding people back from saving their marriage. What's stopping you from actually living that life? And then how to save it. Yes. And just to be very clear, like I'm going to tell you something that no other marriage coach aside from, well, Desnica. And, um, <laughs> aside from us. Yeah. Aside from us or coach or most people are not going to tell you this. Now, are you significant? Are you important? Yes. hundred percent. You were significant from the moment that God thought about you and 
crafted you into existence and that hasn't changed and never will change. But are you good enough? No. If you were, you wouldn't be where you're at. Like your skill sets and abilities to know and how to fix things, that doesn't mean you're good enough. That's okay though. It's a starting point. We're here to help you. We're here to help you move past that and help you understand what's going on here. So like we said, we're going to cover three those three different topics, but let's go ahead and dive into things. Yes. And so what is like the number one thing that's holding people back from saving their marriage and living their best life? Yeah. So it's their story. The story that they sell themselves on. I'll say that again. Their story and the story that they sell themselves on. Everyone has a story. Everyone. Like everyone has a story and everyone wants, honestly, everyone wants to tell their story about how bad their lives suck, how bad they had it, how hard they had it. And the more times you tell others and yourself that story, guess what? They don't realize how, how really what it does, but it's reinforcing that story. Like it's reinforcing the mindset, the victim mindset. And it's honestly, mindset is a lot like concrete and there's good and bad ones. Good, good and bad mindsets. You know, you're actually growing either way, whether you choose to or not, just a negative or positive direction. But mindsets, like they're going to be a fixed mindset, for example. And the longer you stay in it, the more likely you are to get stuck, just like concrete. Uh, yes. And, you know, the thing is, is like we, we've all had different things in life happen to us, you know, and the fact that like we all want to tell our story. And it's one of the easiest things to see. Like you just go out and like listen to people talk. It'll transfer into like something bad that's happened to them and just kind of oh well, like a a woe is me type want 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 thing and you know it's because like we we go through these things in life and then we lean on them and we stay in that victim mindset unless there's that intentionality you know the thing is is like you know yes you went through those things whether it be like child abuse whether it be a rape whether it be you know, infidelity, no matter what it is, like, yes, that's a part of your story in the past. However, your story is not over. Like you have so much more still in the book and pages to come and chapters to come in your life. And you're the one holding the pen. Like you are the one who has the pen to write the story moving forward. You can't change the past, but you can change it going forward. You know, most people honestly look at the hard times and the bad times just as roadblocks or bad memories that they want to escape from. But those memories, those those things that happened to you that you went through, they once you heal, they leave scars, not open wounds, but they'll leave scars. And God can use those, the things that you went through, the everything that you've came out of to relate and inspire others. And ultimately, when you go through things like that, it creates an unbreakable bond with, and you know, if it's with your spouse, you'll, you'll go through and have an unbreakable bond with your spouse and ultimately all of it with God as well. Absolutely. So when it comes down to it, there's no nobility in, in victimhood. No. Uh, the, the only like, okay, so you're raped. So all this different stuff, right? Like I'm. I don't agree with any that it's right that it happened, right? There's no, there's nothing ever good about that um, or stuff that happens to you. There's nothing, but you may not be responsible sometimes for things like that. And obviously something, a lot of things we are responsible for. There's some things that just happen to us and there's some things that just we do, 
right? Or we're, we're, we can take responsibility for it. But the, at the end of the day, the only nobility in victimhood is overcoming it. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. That's it. Like you may not be, you may not have been responsible for it in some cases here, but you're responsible for overcoming it. Yes. Like, you know, that's your choice. And so time and just allowing time to pass by isn't going to do jack crap for you. I hate to tell you that. Like, it's not going to do anything. Time does not heal wounds. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. Time, all it does is compound things and fester things and get things infected. And then you eventually grow numb to what it is. And, well, you end up self-sabotaging and all other things. But That's almost a completely different topic here. But... (laughs) Yes, it, but all of those things that you go through, like the actually and staying in that state of victim actually causes you to stay trapped and stuck in the past and giving power of your whole life to whatever event or whatever person that was. And when you really put that in perspective, it's just like, wow, like so um, an event that happened is still dictating your future and you're allowing it to like that's your choice to continue to give whatever person or whatever event that power and every time that you're sitting there talking about it and being like well this happened and you know this and you're just reinforcing it keeping yourself trapped more and more and you know this is super common we hear it all the time from just about everyone we talk to but we were also there too like we had lies that we had sold ourselves on and I can't even tell you how many times like I had told like my story of different my big big different things that I happened that had really shaped me I had told and like that's what I had hung on to and it had I honestly I didn't know what to do when I let it go because I had stayed in it for so long that I was like well what am I gonna have to to blame or justify my actions if I'm not clinging to these these things yep and it used to drive me I mean don't get me wrong I did all this stuff too but it used yes, to drive it used to drive me absolutely insane because what it would do, and oftentimes this does this for almost everyone, including I did it too, but it paints a very negative picture of your spouse and a very positive picture of you as a victim, as, oh, woe is me. And everyone that, because everybody loves a sob story, everyone that you talk to, for the most part, I'm not saying everyone, there are some people that will shoot you straight, but most people, most of the time, be like, man, you deserve better. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, I can't believe you put up with that. Blah, 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 blah. Those are losers. All those people are complete and utter losers that you have in your life. And I call them crabs. You need to kick them the heck out of your life. Yeah, and, and it's not that everyone's intentions are bad. It's just most people don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, this, the, these things, like, society isn't taught. And society is so much on, like, comfort and do what makes you happy and you do you. And, like, that's not healthy. Like, that's not actually healing from anything. And, in fact, it's, like, running from your problems and keeping you trapped in the same, same problems, right? So, for myself, from even from, like, my childhood of, like, my dad not you know, cause my parents are divorced and like my dad not wanting anything to do with me. It was always about my brother, like always. Uh, and you know, so from childhood, like men in my life, I like, that's my perspective is like, you know, I was unwanted. I wasn't loved. And it really formed these lies that I had. And I was convinced on that ran and shaped my lens, including my lens of Tommy. And, you know, just the fact that like I'm unwanted and I'm unloved and most certainly I can't trust men because at some point they're just going to run out on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 
like that, that was really big. And it's what I had seen. I had seen a lot of that growing up and then compound that with when we did have infidelity, it really solidified. And I was like, Oh, see, can't trust men. Like, you know, I, I just can't trust them. Like men only want like a Barbie girl um, you know, that you have to meet an X, Y, Z image in order to be wanted. But then even then you're just going to be used for sex. And these are some of the real things that I had formed my beliefs on just based on my life experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and also like leading to like, just like, I have to take care of everyone else. Or like I'm going to be cast aside because obviously I'm not truly wanted and loved. So therefore I have to earn it. But, um, you know, that's exhausting. Like it's not, it's not a good place to be but whatsoever. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to explain some of our, our, uh, our lies that we sold ourselves on here. Uh, Dustin could kind of already started here, but I'll explain some of my side here. And I was sold on like these lies of like, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be enough. And where that came from for me was I had seizures for 17 years of my life. And I was in special education classes before that was actually normal. <laughs> it wasn't, it, 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 you were made fun of around the short bus when I went to school, let's put it that way. And like, I wasn't like, you weren't like special ed and like all that stuff. Like, oh, you're special, special ed, right? Like it wasn't like, I'm not making fun of those people because I was in those classes. But that's, like, that's how he was but, made fun of. Let's just be very clear. Yeah, it wasn't normal. Like my kids are both in like, a lot of kids these days are in special education. I don't even think they call it special education. What is it? No, like, like, well, like, um, it, and it's not both. Like Jacob has like speech and um, dyslexia. So he he's pulled from for different different things but you know he's no. not made fun of like they, they made it completely normalized now to be pulled for different things yeah which i think is really awesome because it's more like special education not not like special. you're special yeah, yeah <laughs> not not like special ed like you know what i'm saying know the difference like and honestly that stuff made me stronger at the end of the day because i chose to make it stronger with myself but you know like I'm completely fine with it now. But uh, anyways, that being said, I was sold on that never being good enough. And so that showed up drastically for years and years in our marriage. Like I, I was sold on like, she will never change. She is just, just a couple of them. She is a covert narcissist and bipolar. She will never see my view. She is just a cheater and will never change. She is abusive, right? Um, we are just, and there was physical and emotional abuse in our marriage. We are just way too different. You know, I was told, I'm like, I'm Aquarius, she's Taurus and all that stuff. We don't really oh, I was so tired of hearing all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I tried everything to do to fix, I tried everything I could do to fix this. Uh, you know, it's her way or the highway, which I've said that all the time. Like a lot, all uh, the times. Yeah. That's a very accurate statement there. Yeah. All she does is make herself look great and to everyone else. And I'm painted as the monster. Uh, actually, one of her friends called me a monster one time. Uh, she does not like me or or the type of guy I am. She's attracted to countrymen. Like I was stuck on that for years. Like I'm, you know, cause I'm not country whatsoever, nor do I care to be. I'm just, it's not my thing. Um, I'm more of like a Jason Statham guy, but anyway, that's his man crush. <laughs> yeah, man crush. McLaren driving guy. Right. And anyway, I don't drive one, but I want to, uh, I'm broken and just defective is another one. I'm worthless. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be missed if I was gone. In fact, I would, it would be a burden lifted off of her shoulders. I'll never be successful. I have to work harder than others and others just have dumb luck. Right. I said all these things. I mean, these, these aren't a even, lot. this is just a small, 
honestly, this is just a small tip of the iceberg portion of like different lies that I sold myself on and, and her too. But like, man, yeah, these things affect you. Yeah. They came out in our marriage all the time and repeatedly over and over again. And it affects every aspect, you know, and it, it keeps you just stuck and trapped. And so not only did I personally have like, I'm unwanted, unloved and those things about men, but, um, you know, I really was convinced because like how bad I was bullied. Like I was bullied really bad in school mm -hmm. and like, I would come home crying like all the time. And, um, it's just like, so I was really convinced that no one likes, likes the real me and that, you know, I just have to blend in to be accepted and just that alone, like those things just about myself, like, let's just be honest. There was no way that I was being true in our relationship when I had these things. And, you know, I did deny myself and it's no wonder that I ended up losing who I was and like having like a meltdown because I was only mom and wife. Like I had literally taught myself to blend in and adapt to everyone. And it's exhausting, you know? And then when it came to Tommy, I was convinced he was a monster. <laughs> so I was like, he is, he's evil. I was like, I swear it's the devil himself. Like I'm married to the devil and he is just so selfish. I was like, only thing he cares about is himself. And then, you know, we, we are drastically different. And so I was convinced he was just lazy. And I was like, man, he's just lazy. Like all he wants to do is sit around or do nothing and just sit and, Chill. Which, is, which is kind of funny because ironically, she's the one now that wants to go on like vacations 24 seven and I could just work all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, he's not lazy by any means. No. However, um, like man, I was convinced and I was like, I don't know, this can't work. I'm like, you're so lazy and I'm so not, I'm very opposite of lazy. And I'm like, Oh, just... and then I got convinced that we were just too different too at one point. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, People spend so much time and energy speaking the lies, not only about themselves. I'm not even just talking about that. I'm talking right now. I'm talking about their spouse. Like they spend so much, so much time in years. Like really ask yourself how much time in years and days and hours and months and years have you spent re ingraining, like just ingraining the beliefs about your spouse that are negative. How much time have you really spent doing that? Like over and over and over again. There's a reason affirmation and visualizations work, but they work in a negative way if you do it this way. Yeah, people do. People do affirmations and visualizations when they don't even know what that is. And they're doing it in the negative way that leads to separation. Um, as you know, every time like they see their spouse and like, oh, I can't stand them. Ugh, you're just so lazy. I just, I just can't. And every time you do that, that is an, that's an affirmation. It's just a negative one. And you're visualizing probably not some pretty things. I know I used to visualize like just choking him or shaking him, you know, and those things like don't. Well, you uh, did shake me a couple, not choke me. I don't yeah. Think, I, I, I shook you. It was just like that frustration. See, like it didn't lead to good because I had visualized it so much. Like in my head, I had already done it. Why not do it again? You yeah. know, so. I think you tried to smother me with a pillow once temporarily but that was about <laughs> I think I had like I don't I won't do well in prison so I can't actually kill him but you know those things like, these things like we do and we do them without even knowing what we're doing and we're causing all of this 
division and separation and, you know, this keeping us in this state of like, everyone's against me. I'm not going to have anything in life. I can't have anything in life. I, I went through this. So like I'm destined to doom almost. That's, that's essentially where people come from. If you boil it down, like that's what, what we end up hearing is like, oh, I went through this and this now I'm doomed. Like I can't ever be happy. Can't ever have, have anything. Yeah. And, and that's those, those deep rooted beliefs that have affected your lens in life. Yeah. And here's the thing before we dive into what's stopping people, I want you to know that like people say things like, you know, people can't change. Once a cheater, always a cheater, all this BS. And the truth is if someone thinks that someone can't change or they're likely not to change, then you yourself are toxic. That's toxic within itself. And you are a very, very toxic individual. And because you have a figure like you you actually are the most toxic person ever to exist when it comes to that type of person. And here's why. A fixed mindset above any other trait is the most toxic ever. Yeah, the toxic mindset really says things can't change. Like this is the way... Like I was born this way, things will never change. Like this is this is who I am, so just deal with it. Or that is how they are, and that's how they'll always be. Like that's fixed mindset, and it's nothing further from the truth. Just it, in pure factuality, even if someone's not changing in a positive direction, every single person changes daily. Daily. Always. Negative or positive, either way. That's the difference, is like it's either a choice to change habits, just change all these things and intentionally grow in a positive direction or continue all of the bad, toxic, negative beliefs, like all of these things and, and everything that has led you to this point. If you continue to do the same things that's causing self-destruction, you're going to continue to grow in a negative way and become more bitter, more resentful, more angry, more hateful, you know, more isolated, more alone. And so everyone is always changing. So therefore a fixed mindset can exist because it's not a truth. People are always changing. Yes. So that just to take that to reiterate that people can change. They yes, have to they want. Can. They have to want to. However, that doesn't mean that you can't influence them at first. So just because they're not wanting to change right now doesn't mean you can't influence them to change. And there's things that, and and no, I promise, you're not doing everything. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, anyways. So what's stopping people? Well, if you haven't caught on yet, it's the deep-rooted beliefs and the words people speak over their lives. Like literally, the, it's the work that they haven't done yet, right? Yes, the work they have not done. And that's the whole thing. When you go through traumatic events and, and people go through traumatic events, you know, if you haven't done the actual work to heal and to be able to process through that, then that's what's holding you back. It's not your spouse that's holding you back. And, you know, so that is you, you on you for you as you, not your spouse. And I used to blame Tommy all the time, but I came into this marriage with a lot of trauma and he came in with his own set of trauma. Right. And so in, and we got together really young. That doesn't change the fact that we didn't have traumatic events. And so those deep rooted beliefs impact our lives. And that's what's holding people back is their deep rooted beliefs that they haven't addressed. They don't know how they aren't doing it. And it's the story they're continuing to tell themselves as they continue to write 
they're choosing to write the negative story continually day in and day out until they make that conscious choice to change and choose a different direction. They want to write their own story. Yes. <clears throat> so you have to understand that like when it comes down to, to deep rooted beliefs, they impact our lives in a very, very good or positive or, or negative way. Like, right. If you have deep rooted beliefs that are good, then obviously you can ingrain deep rooted belief systems that are excellent or bad. Most people have a lot of negative ones, oh, but, yeah. but they're going to limit you severely in all aspects of your life. In every aspect, like literally, if you Google the wheel of life and just look at all areas on that wheel, it'll be all of them. Oh yeah, for in, sure. de in detail. And you've missed out on an insane amount of opportunities in your life and just a ton of stuff, like a ton of stuff. Honestly, when clients of ours do these exercises to see what, like what all the beliefs have, cause we do something called a belief breaker. And one of the things is like that they do is they, add, they go into detail in that about what the belief after we discover the beliefs on what that belief has costed them. And if they do it right, it should make them nauseous. Yes. Extremely nauseous. Or the flip side of that, as I say, it makes you want to go tear down a, a house with your bare hands. And that's how extreme it is. Like that's how impactful these beliefs are. Yeah. So now what we're going to do is talk about like how to get past all this. All right. So let's talk about, we'll talk about for couples and we'll also talk about for individuals. Now for couples, it's really about, it's not about using tools and tactics, so to speak, quick to listen. Don't go to a freaking retarded counselor. That's a complete waste of time. It's like Groundhog Day. Um, and then also, it's not about using tools and tactics. So when it boils down to it, you actually have to build the right foundations. And what I mean by that is you have to build the right foundations in all the right areas. So yes, going to church and reading your Bible and praying is great. You know, if you're working out, cool, good job. Like those are good basic things that you can be doing, but they're not going to change your marriage. So like what it boils down to is you have to have the right mindsets instilled. Like in our program, we go through phase one, which is instilling mindsets, the right mindsets, not just anyone's. And then you have to go through a second phase where we instill and in how to become a healthy individual. Because you can't have a healthy marriage if you're not two healthy individuals. And we, we hit on that pretty good earlier, especially with knowing the fact that if, you know, if I believe I can't trust men, and that's one of my deep beliefs. How in the heck am I supposed to trust my husband to lead our family and to always be there for me? Yep. You're like, well, I do trust him. Okay. Yeah. You want to trust him consciously, but just remember all these beliefs that we're talking about, most of them you won't be aware of. And nope. two, you have no, you're, you're like scratching the surface. I'm mad, sad, glad, happy, all this stuff. The truth is like, you don't know what the deeper beliefs are. And two, Consciously, you know that you, or you say, or you want to trust your husband or your spouse. But what does your subconscious say? What is, yeah, your subconscious beliefs, because that's what these are, and that's 95% of you is your subconscious. Only 5% of you is actually conscious. So if 95% of you are conscious, and it's like literally in, in all these e-brakes, these beliefs, because they're like e-brakes in your car, are holding you back. All these chains are holding you down. It's like trying to drive a Ferrari or a Lamborghini with the e-brake on throughout your entire life, and you don't even know where to how to release the e-brake. Like, it, you're not going to be able to break past it. 
No. And so that's why it's so important. And so like that's aspect of being a healthy individual, because that then you can work on how to be a, how, how to have a healthy marriage, but you can't have a healthy marriage with all of those e-breaks and all of these things within ourselves. And let's just be clear. This is like the majority of our society is running around with all of these things where they don't know, they don't understand, they don't have any idea. And that's the 95% of them running 95% of you is running on all of these subconscious beliefs. So that has to be addressed. And then we discuss like, and then that's when you work on the marriage after you, as, as you become a healthy individual. Yes. But it's all in the same program. So you work on, you know, mindset, then individual, then marriage, and then you have your tools, which is the least important part, honestly, but even our tools won't work unless you have the proper foundations in place. Like we talked about before. Now, that's important for couples. Individuals, the same thing applies with the foundations. I'm not going to go through that again. But then you also have what we call a power of one method. So a lot of programs out there, let's say it's a coaching program um, to empower you to become the best man or woman, whatever. Like, it's great to become a healthy individual when you're trying to get your spouse back in your standing spouse. But to be really f- like upfront with you becoming a healthy individual and hoping that that just attracts them back. Can it work? Yes. Will it? Most likely not. Like you actually have to have that. They, they tell you to focus hundred percent on yourself and then that'll show them that you changed. Cool. Even if you change all the proper foundations, will it work? Maybe, but you actually have to have a 90, 10 focus, which 90% focus on you transformational growth, which is key and 10% very strategic tactical 10% focus on your spouse. And so we use something called the power of one method that's very, very, very powerful persuasion tactics and really stuff that changes their narrative, the way that they see you and the marriage and builds the know, like, and trust factor. There's a lot that it does, but you have to understand that, like, if you don't use something that's going to actually strategically do this and inject stuff like desire and doubt and all these different things, you're not going to be able to get them back, most likely. Right. So that being said, that's what you have to do there. Now, we want to we want you to know that you can thrive in your marriage, family, and all relationships. A hundred percent. Like you, because uh, you matter. You as a person is, you're super important. And you have purpose. And your purpose, like I said, is not tied up in your spouse. Like your purpose is yours. And it was designed before, you know, before you even became with your spouse, right? And so don't let all of these beliefs and these things hold you back and don't stay stuck in a victim mindset or limiting like mindset. You how you hold the pen to write the future stories. So how are you going to write the next chapters in your book? Like how are you going to dictate your life? You know, God's already in it. Now what are you going to do differently throughout your life? So listen, we love you, God loves you, and you have a blessed day. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. 
Yes, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching, for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day, and God bless.